This episode of the My Hockey Life podcast is brought to you by the Nolan Insurance Company. Since being founded in 1933 by James J. Nolan Sr., Nolan Insurance Company has been family-owned and operated by the Nolan family. Throughout our 85 years, our vision and mission has remained the same, to take care of our customers using a strong work ethic and family values to treat you, our customer, as a member of our Nolan Insurance family. Our experienced team can analyze your insurance needs and suggest the best options for your home and auto insurance, commercial insurance, and much more. As an independent agency, we have only your best interests in mind. You'll find our dedicated staff is friendly, knowledgeable, and ready to help at any of our three locations. The Nolan Insurance Company. Welcome back to the My Hockey Live podcast. My name is Brandon Hall. I'm joined by the Boston Globe and My Hockey Live's Jake Levin. Jake, welcome back. Brandon, happy hockey season to you. Oh, it's a great time to be alive right now. We've had hockey games already. We've got some great games coming up. We've got some holiday tournaments that are about to happen, but the season is upon us. We've had games on My Hockey Live already, including uh, a pretty good one last night between Franklin and a new Malden Catholic. Uh, you know, it's a new Franklin team, too. Let's not forget, you know, for all the talk, uh, you know, rightfully so, I think, about Chris Kutcher taking over Baldwin Catholic. Uh, Anthony Sarno, it's his first head coaching gig, first full-time head coaching gig in Massachusetts uh, as he takes over for the legendary Chris Spillane. And last night was his first career win with the Panthers. It was 3-2. to two. It was a game that truly could have gone either way. Um, so, you know, the main takeaway, I guess, is that, yes, Malden Catholic lost, but it was a competitive game, and they, it, things are going to be different for them uh, sooner rather than later. Only four seniors dressed last night for them, and they're playing they're playing Chris Kutcher-style hockey, which is very sound in their defensive zone, and they're possessing the puck well. And the goalie last night, uh, Brett Sweeney, he didn't even know that he was going to be making the first start of his career until 10 a.m. that morning. I guess uh, the starting goaltender had an illness. So Sweeney, uh, a little baptism by fire, and he was great against the Franklin team that people forget they went to the Division One South final last year before losing to Duxbury, which, of course, went on to win the whole thing. So uh, really entertaining take early season hockey. I think uh, both these teams are going to be factors moving forward. Yeah, and so a couple of new coaches there in those two games, and some new coaches sort of throughout the state. You know, the ones that that I see, of course, are the ones in the Patriot League and Southeastern Mass here. Um, which which new coach do you think is going to make the biggest impact on his or her program um, in the first year that they're there? Well, you know, we just talked about Kucher, and again, you know, Malden Catholic hasn't won a, a game against a team from Massachusetts since February 21st, 2018. It's, it's, it's been a minute. That's going to change. I don't know when. I don't know exactly which game. Because, hey, they still play a Malden Catholic schedule. They still play. I mean, the, let's just start with the Sereno tournament coming up next week when they'll face Ingham in either Austin Prep or St. Mary's Lynn. I mean, it's, 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 Malden Catholic could start 0-3. But I still think the difference Kutcher is going to make is probably going to be the top one across the state. Now I'm thinking of other coaches, other new coaches who are debuting. I mean, we got a changing of the guard at Plymouth South. I know with uh, the great Mike McCosh now taking over for the Plymouth girls team. Uh, Stephen White is the new coach. I saw South 
did they beat Plymouth? Um, uh, sorry, Situate. They beat Situate, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. They beat Situate. On Situate. Wednesday night. Yeah, and they also beat Sandwich the night before, or uh, the game before that, too. So Steve, right. Coach so, White picked up, yeah. You know, it, it was a tough season for them last year in defense of a Division II state title. So, hey, no, you know, no shame in that. You lose a bunch to graduation. But um, I think White is going to have a pretty good impact on the Panthers. We should see them back in the postseason at some point in the not-too-distant future. Uh, in terms of some other new coaches, I feel like there weren't as many as usual this offseason. I know Jim Clark, who who's now my co-worker, Jim Clark. I love being able to say that of the Boston Yeah, talk, talking, about a new co- talking about new coaching positions. Yeah, I don't think there were a ton. Of course, now after we uh, end this podcast, I'm probably going to rack off you know five or ten more in my head. But uh, I think we touched on the big ones between Franklin, Malden Catholic, and uh, Plymouth South. Yeah, I don't. I don't disagree with you there. So, of of the teams, so let's look at these teams now. Of the teams who are defending state champions, right now, who do you think is the most likely to get back to the top of the mountain? I really like what Duxbury has. They only had five seniors on last year's team, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they did graduate their outstanding defenseman, and I'm drawing a blank on his name. Uh, he was a Globe All Scholastic. Oh, what's his name? This is going to bug me. But I do know they bring back Steve Pisani, the outstanding goaltender who uh, sort of emerged during that run. It, it was sort of a timeshare during the regular season. And then Pisani becomes the guy, and now he's the guy again for the Dragons, who got off to a good start against Quincy the other night. They got some guys back like Friend Weiler. He had all the goals they scored at the Garden against Winchester. I uh, really think this Duxbury team. I uh, a, a they're the favorite in the Patriot League, but B, I think they have the feeling of a Super Eight team and a team that's not just going to go to the play-in round this time because people forget they did go to the Super Eight play-in round last year before losing to Zavarian and then going on to win the title. First team since Burlington in 2013 to do that. Uh, Duxbury, they're they're not only one of the best teams in Division One, they're one of the best teams in the state. I think we can say that among uh, some of the Catholic schools right now. Uh, in lower divisions, you know, Canton, yeah, they're going to be a factor too. Uh, they got John Hagen back, uh, working in some new pieces. But, you know, I think the Hockamock League is theirs for the taking. It wouldn't stun me at all to see Canton. You know, I don't think they're going to go undefeated again. But I could totally see them winning the Division Two state championship again with the kind of talent they have they did tie a uh, pretty talented Shrewsbury team the other night and so they keep the unbeaten streak alive but I think that shows that they might not be quite the juggernaut they were last year but they're still going to be outstanding and I want to face them in the tournament yeah it's, uh, the defenseman you're thinking of is Jack Venturelli from Duxbury um who's yes gone yes yes yep. Jack Venturelli yeah I'm so sorry Jack uh he's a college lacrosse player I was gonna say he, he yeah he now. went off to play Connecticut College play lacrosse at Conn College um and and for Canton to lose Ryan Nolte, um, who had 71 points last season, uh, 32 yeah, goals and 39 assists, and then Michael Staffieri in goal, who posted you know a, a, a not-so-shabby 0.89 goals against average. That's a goals against average. That's not his save percentage. That was his <laughs> goals against average. I know. Um, that would be, a, uh, I, I guess, an okay save percentage for a high school goaltender. But, yeah. no, that's, uh, that's the goals against. Yeah. My God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so who, who do you look at? So you've got um, Duxbury and Canton, obviously, their top teams. What about Division Three? Well, Hopkinton wound up coming out of a crowded Division Three field last year. 
uh, that was really wide open because Hanover got knocked out early. That was by Ashland and uh, Jackson Horning, and they're outstanding uh, senior defenseman. He was a goal ball scholastic as well. So Horning has since graduated, and uh, Ashland, I think we've seen. It's going to be a little tricky for them, maybe. They lost 6-3 to Norwood the other night, a Division two school, but nevertheless a uh, very sound team in the Tri-Valley League with Chuck Allen. So Division three. I mean, the year changes, the faces change, but how do you not like Hanover? I think – they are motivated. I think they're even more motivated by losing in the first round last year or the second round as it is the quarterfinals than they are by losing in the state championship game and uh, having an unbeaten season fall apart uh, two seasons ago. You still have some faces back from that team, believe it or not. There's not a ton, but Manning Morris, for example, is one of them. I believe he had a hat trick uh, a couple games ago, and I know Hanover they tied Marshfield the other night. You and I know we see Marshfield a lot on my hockey live. That's a good team. They good program that Dan Connolly and James Longo and the rest of them uh, put together there. So, and I'm excited for that to become a league matchup, by the way, a Patriot league matchup. But I think if Hanover can skate with and tie a team like Marshfield, then the rest of division three should be put on notice. And I hate to be boring here and go chalk, but I think those are your favorites in uh, one, two, and three, at least in Eastern Mass, Duxbury, Canton, and uh, I think Hanover too. And again, they didn't win it last year, but they're they're going to be there. Yeah, and you look at you know Manning Morris had the game tying goal in that in that three three tie against Marshfield. Right. Um, a strong performance by them in in their own building. You know whether they were the home team or the away team, uh, both of those teams play out of Hobby Macarena's and Pembroke. True, uh, true. You know, and and they're familiar with each other, despite the fact they haven't played in eight or nine years. Um, you know, they practice after one another, and they see a lot of each other in the building and and everything else. So those kids know each other. They just haven't played in an MIA sanctioned contest, but. Man, oh man, to see that score the next, or, you know, later that night or the next morning, that was um, that was an eye opener. And I know, uh, sure, it, you Brennan... know, Hanover. There, I know they're Division Three, but this is why you can't just look at which division teams are in. Hanover, by my estimation, is one of the top twenty or so program boys programs in the state right now. Uh, that's reflected in the Globe Top Twenty poll. Um, you know, I'm not saying they're a Super Eight program, but they're they're among the best 20 to 25 teams in the state. And, uh, you know, for as stunning as it is to see them earn a point against a team like Marshfield, it really shouldn't be. Right. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with you there at all. It shouldn't be a surprise. shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. Um, so looking forward here this season, uh, a little more. You know, we've talked a little bit about sort of our, our expectations for the season coming up. Um, who are your top players because I have a sense of who my who my top you know say three or four players in the state are going to be I, I, I'm interested to hear who who yours are uh, well how can, we have some how big, can you not some... be fired up to see Anthony Missouri play right in so, Arlington right. Uh, it's pretty cool that he's the only uh, division one commit right now on a boys hockey roster in Massachusetts I love that he stayed home he's playing for Arlington he's playing for his father the great John Missouri of course uh, so Anthony's going to Northeastern, and I don't think he's going to step in next year. I'm sure he'll go either prep school or juniors for a year or two before going to Northeastern. But nevertheless, I think he's the best, certainly the best forward in the state. And there's more talent on that Arlington team. Brendan Jones, he was also on that Super 8 team where Arlington won it all back in 2017. 
uh, between Jones and Missouri. That is going to be an incredible dynamic duo for the Spy Ponders, who they might be the best team in the state. I, I think they really might be because so much talent was lost from those Pope Francis and BC high teams, either to graduation or to transfers, things of that nature. And I think if you have the best player like Arlington does, I think you can make a case for being that very best team as well. I'm excited to see John Hagen again at uh, Canton. I think he's going to, you know, if he didn't get his chance to shine last year, and he still did, he had 55 points or something playing alongside Ryan Nolte. We're going to see how he does uh, leading the charge as it is, I guess, for the Bulldogs. Uh, I'm excited to see some of what's going on down on the Cape Cod uh, rinks as well. Brian Fry with Barnstable, four-year varsity player. He scored against Zavarian the other night. We'll get to Zavarian in a second. Also excited to see a little more Falmouth and Nick Champagne. I know it feels like he's been around for 10 years. It's his senior year, and I think he's going to leave a mark down there with the Clippers. Uh, love what Zavarian has with Ryan Pompicelli and Maddie Ryan back. They did lose Josh Bart. <laughs> who have also, who have also been there for who have also been there for 10 years. Yes, because yes, I, certainly. I, but, I was uh, going to say, you know, Missouri and Ryan are, are the two guys that I'm looking forward to seeing on top of, say, Manning Morris and, uh, you know, some of those kids from down in the Cape. Uh, and then, you know, Ryan O'Halloran from Burlington is another one. Sure. Uh, it was yep. Co- Cohen he's BP another, in the he was six. an all-scholastic last year, 42 points. For the Red Devils, I think Burlington, they might be the team to beat in the Middlesex League. Yeah, and um, O'Halloran and, yeah. and Ryan are, are uh, destined to break the 100-point barrier for their careers, too. And it's going to happen faster for O'Halloran. He's got 92. Uh, Matty Ryan's got 80. But, you know, more than likely that's going to happen this season. And the, we're seeing that less and less. This is the 100-point the high school career is, is more like the 300-game winner in the major leagues. Yeah, that's a good, I mean, that's a sad comparison, but that's a good comparison. All the same. And when I, I let me backtrack a bit here. When I say Burlington's the favorite in the Middlesex League, I do mean the Freedom Division. Arlington is the favorite in the Liberty, of course. Uh, just had to clear that up. A uh, few other players statewide I'm interested in seeing. How about Will Trasquita for Framingham? He had the hat trick last night against Pope Francis as the Flyers went on the road, beat the Cardinals. Uh, you know, everyone was kind of wondering, how's Framingham going to do without Mike Tersoni, who's now playing up at the Tilton School for a postgraduate year? Uh, apparently, Trisquita is ready to step into that role and sort of be the guy, similar to how Hagen is going to step in for Nolte at uh, Canton. I'm very excited uh, for the MHL Cup next week. We've already touched on uh, three of the four teams there between Framingham, Marshfields, Varian. And a pretty good St. John's Shrewsbury team, too, that skated with BC High the other night, only lost 3-1. to one. Okay, so if, we, if we're to look at now, say, I, I, I have a hard time saying this without, I, I guess I have to preempt myself here. Um, the best, what we think might be the best line in the state this the year. The best, lo- best line? The best line in the state this year. Um, and this is a tough one. And I'm, well, defi- I'm definitely putting you on the spot because we didn't talk about this at a time. Well, no, 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 that's fair. I think you have to love the pair of Maddie Ryan and Ryan Pompicelli at Zavarian for they, they've really been playing together for four years now. And I know that they were with Barton for the last two of those seasons, but I don't think it matters who you throw on a line with those two. And I haven't seen Zavarian yet, so I'm not sure if uh, Coach Dave Spinelli is going to have them playing together or apart, but I would think together. Uh, if, if that's not the top pair, um, and, you know, I've, 
talked earlier about Missouri and Brendan Jones at Arlington. Um, it'd be either one of those two. You throw a third guy on either of those lines, and uh, it's, it's going to be some hockey magic. Yeah, because you know, I can think of some um, some of the teams here that you know maybe are not right off the top of the top of our heads. Um, Boston Land's got a lot of pop, uh, talented forwards coming back this year. They sure do. Boston Latin, they went, if I'm not mistaken, to the D2 North final a season ago. I uh, wound up losing a, a very good Tewksbury team that did wind up losing to Canton. Uh, sort of depriving us of what could have been a great final, I thought, between Boston Latin and Canton. Because Boston Latin, people forget, they tied right. Canton. That was their one, you know, blemish, if you will. That's not a blemish. Get a point against a very good Boston Latin team. Uh, yeah, they return all kinds of talent, certainly. So that, that would have been one of mine, uh, you know, in, and actually you look at that game. That game's not going to happen this year in that tournament. That tournament has been, um, uh, has been broken up, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah, which is that Canton-Boston-Latin uh, Canton, uh, midfield and uh, was it Coyle? I believe it was Coyle. Because uh, that was down at the Rainham Iceplex. Now that tournament has since gone away. Uh, but they were trying to work something out. I talked to Frank Woods a little bit. They were trying to work something out where, where they could still play Canton. Uh, I'm not sure if that ended up working out. I have to look at their schedule. But, um, you know, you think about some of these schedules and, and some of these teams that, uh, again, are not necessarily right off the top of our heads. But, um, you know, Blue Hills is another one where all of a sudden they've got, you know, they've got a player who... Uh, has 65 points or, you know, a line that combined has over 100 points. Um, I, I guess it would be, my next statement for you would be, or my next question for you would be, what is the team that is going to surprise people the most this year? Well, it's a Division One perennial uh, power as a Super 8 team that graduated 14 seniors off of last year's team. I think Hingham's still going to be just fine. Uh, they picked up a win the other night against Andover in their home opener. Uh, also new coach at Andover, of course. Um, six goals for Hingham in that game. They did give up four, but they scored six. Uh, that tells me the offense is going to be just fine because Hingham, they, they don't rebuild, they reload. Uh, so I like Hingham in that regard in Division One. I'm excited to see Rockland as well down in Division Three. I know they've got some players back like Nick Blonde, for example. He was on that great Rockland team that went toe-to-toe with Hanover in the Division Three South uh, tournament a couple years ago. Um, you know, I think Falmouth, again, is, in one of these years we're going to see a team from Cape Cod finally break through and uh, go on to play at the Garden. I'm not saying it's Falmouth this year or if it's Barnesville this year, but I think we're due for a team down on the Cape to really make some noise. Uh, I like what both of those teams have, some senior-laden rosters with guys who have been there, done that. I mean, Barnesville did take Duxbury to two overtimes last year in the Division One South semifinals. They return a plethora of talent under Tim Grace. Uh, so, you know, I guess Barnesville is a bit of a bit of a sleeper in that regard. Um, you know, Norwell, another team, always seems to find its way uh, under Jim Casagrande. Uh, those would be the teams I'm sort of keeping an eye on right now in terms of some under the radar uh, that maybe aren't necessarily stealing the headlines yet but they're going to be a factor yeah a, a team for me i would have also said rockland but i think oliver rames has a chance to make, to turn some heads this year um older goaltender now with some more experience uh up and coming freshman class coming in there uh there, there's going to be there's some talent there and a new coach so uh, i think uh, oliver rames from easton is going to be a team to watch um 
one more thing real quick. We've just started recently covering more uh, ISL games. Um, your thoughts on the new look Thayer Academy Tigers? You know, I, I did see Thayer once. I saw them against Phillips Andover. And, uh, boy, there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of former Mass High School players on that team. You have the Kramer Twins, Joseph and Peter Kramer, committed to Providence College, as well as Declan Lockdane, the defenseman. Uh, they actually wound up losing to Phillips Andover the game I saw them. That was a week ago Wednesday. I want to say the 11th. So, you know, it's a lot of new pieces uh, that still need to blend together. I think they're going to be just fine. They also have some high-end talent returning, like Nick Rukanakis, uh, Sasha Telgen. I have a BU and a Northeastern commit in there. I always get them mixed up as to who's going where. I uh, get a Penn State commit on that roster. So there, there, there's a lot of high-end talent uh, for Tony Monte and the Tigers. Uh, definitely excited to see more of them as part of our uh, ISL package here on my hockey life. Yeah, there's a lot of excitement there. Um, and then just a final thought here, looking back last year, and I think we talked a bit about, you know, what we thought were our best games from last year, our be you know, best moments from last year. Now that we've got the benefit of an entire off season, um, your favorite game from last year. My favorite game from last year, I really liked the Arlington Framingham uh, overtime game in the Super 8. That was the Brendan Jones game-winning goal uh, from Missouri. But, you know, come on, BC High, Pope Francis, four overtimes in yeah. the state championship game. Almost a carbon copy of the year before in that BC High was trailing in the final two minutes. They tied it up, goes to overtime, and they win it. I mean, you just can't script that kind of stuff. And the fact that it went four overtimes – uh, I'm very glad it did end in that fourth overtime because, you know, that was uh, the plan, according to people up on the ninth floor with us there, is that the game was going to end in a tie if Lockman didn't win it for the Eagles in that fourth OT. So I'm, I'm just glad that a team won. Uh, I didn't care who won. I just wanted a team to win so that we didn't have to deal with a tie. That, that would have been noteworthy for all of the wrong reasons. Yeah, and, and not to uh, not to be the contrarian here um i i loved that game um but there were some games that we covered uh throughout the the, the season throughout the tournament that that i really loved um and and i i don't want to be the contrarian and i i i, I want to disagree with you um but but that was the game that was the game of the season it really was and maybe the game of the last five to seven years that I mean, it, the going through four overtimes um, and, and being at TD Garden and, you know, the pomp and circumstance of that and Duxbury waiting in the wings to play their game, um, which didn't start until, I don't know, what, 10 o'clock at night. Uh, yeah, something like that. <laughs> it's supposed to start at 8. <laughs> yeah. But, the, you know, I, I would love to disagree with you on this one, but I can't. That was, that, that was the game of the year, I think. Um, I also believe, too. Uh, so just uh, real quick, a Bruins minute here. Yes, uh, our, our, our favorite local hockey team is currently mired in what a seven game losing streak, uh, uh or, or seven, seven losses in the last six games or something along those lines. The well, one win against Florida. Boy, that'd, be, that'd be impressive if they could lose seven times in six games. I mean, I guess only the Bruins <laughs> would be capable of it. <laughs> or six losses in the last seven games. Uh, yes. The, uh, they did beat Florida. the Florida win, notwithstanding down in uh, sunrise where no one saw it, um, because no one was there. Yes. Uh, there shouldn't be a hockey team there. Sorry. Um, the, Whalers coming back. Or, or Quebec. Either one. You know, yeah, I'd be fine with one. that. Um, the, 
the issues I see right now on the Bruins start with the power play uh, and, and their lack of success on the power play. Um, I know you were a season ticket holder, and, and you've probably... Whoa, whoa, wait. I or, am not or, a season ticket holder. You, th- you think <laughs> I can afford season tickets? You're, oh, my goodness. Uh, so there's season tickets within your family. I'll, yes. I'll, I'll, re- yes. I'll rephrase. Uh, uh, have, you, have you been into TD Garden yet? I have. You have. Uh, your thoughts on the new seats? Um, C minus. Your thoughts on the power play? Uh, right now, F minus. Yeah. Uh, but, you know... It's gonna, it's gonna figure itself out. Bergeron's not a hundred percent. Pasternak, he's a streaky player. I just don't think it was fair to expect him to keep up his what, sixty goal pace. He'll still be well over forty. I mean, he could, he still could get to fifty at this rate. Uh, if this happens, that power play, there's ebbs and flows in a season, and as long as it's peaking, once we get into March and April, I'm almost glad that they're finding a little bit of adversity right now, finding some things to work on, because they did build up such a big advantage earlier on in the season that they can now work out these kinks that hit every team around this time of year, but they're going to be just fine. And they also know now that, hey, we're not infallible. We know that we do need to go improve this roster. And I'll still take Don Sweeney and the adjustments he's been able to make in the middle of the season I mean, the, the acquisitions of Marcus Johansson and Carly Co- uh, Charlie Coyle last season, those things of genius, and it almost won you the dang Stanley Cup. So I have complete faith in Don Sweeney. It's nice to be able to say you have complete faith in a Bruins general manager. It's been, you know, a little it's while. It's been some time. been able to say that. <laughs> so I'm really just not that worried yet, and maybe that's because I – I traditionally don't start to worry about the Bruins until the Patriots have either won the Super Bowl or been eliminated. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. I think we might have to start worrying about the Bruins sooner than later, uh, based on the last couple of seasons anyways. But um, all things considered, just not all that worried. I don't think Tuka Rask has been part of the problem either. So all the, the anti-Tuka people just take take a step back. Take the, a step back. The Boohoo Tuka crew needs to take a seat. Um your thoughts on Ilya Kovalchuk? No. I'm, an, no. I'm, I'm 100% no on that. I'm all set. And, and you know me. I, I own an Atlanta Thrashers jersey. I am all about nostalgia. I mean, I still wear my Yarmir Yager Bruins shirt out every now and again. I love how there's guys left from the 1990s like Joe Thornton and Patty Marlowe and, of course, Dan Ochara. Uh, there is no more bigger nerd for nostalgia than me. Come on, Ilya Kovalchuk, he hasn't had a good season in the NHL in, what, 10 years almost? since Probably since he signed that ridiculous deal uh, with New Jersey. It was, what, a 15-year deal they tried to it give was him? A, the, it was a 17-year deal. 17-year deal. Oh, my God. You know, actually, speaking of long deals, I think Rick DiPietro is set to become an unrestricted free agent in uh, two years. <laughs> he signed that deal in 06, and uh, obviously he's long since gone. I think that deal is set to expire, if not after this season, then the next one. But, no, the Bruins can set their sights way higher than Ilya Kovalchuk. And, uh, you know, for as great as bringing in Yarmir Yager was, who Yager still had something to give. And I know he wasn't great with the Bruins, but... We saw the numbers he put up with Florida and New Jersey over the next couple of years. Yager was not done, and hell, I think he can come back and help a team right now. Not the Bruins, but I still think he could play in the NHL. But Kovalchuk, no, he's done. He's washed up. Uh, uh, 
no, I take him on the Providence Bruins. I had to live five minutes from the dunk. I'd love to go down and see him there, but no, no, think bigger. Um, no, 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 a thousand times no. Yeah, I'm out totally on that one too. All right, any final thoughts here going into going into the holiday break? College hockey, pro hockey, high school, ISL, ACHA. Uh, you know, it'll be Festivus on Monday, and I will air my grievance that the University of Rhode Island has neither a men's nor a women's varsity hockey team uh, for, you know, the 20th year in a row, and uh, hopefully that changes soon enough. Well, you could have been a Skyhawk. Stonehill just uh, added women's ho- ice hockey. for the <laughs> Did see that. For, That's awesome. Yeah, for the 21-22 uh, school year, so pretty excited about that. It's only a matter of time before they build that rink on campus. Uh, That'd be nice, which would be pretty cool. I'm sure they'd do. I'm sure they'd go all out like uh, Thayer Academy just did with their new building. Uh, but by going all out, that means elevating to D1, right? Uh, yeah, right, right. They would have right. to at there, that point. There's no point in building a rink if you're a D2 hockey team in uh, college. But that's mm. another story for another time, right? Because you're one of six. So yes, um, where can we where can we find you online right now, Jake? Ah. Uh, at Jake T. Levin uh, on Twitter. And uh, you can still read my work in the Boston Globe and on NBC 10 Boston for the Patriots stuff. And uh, I'm probably forgetting some other things, but yeah, this, that, and the other. All right, Jake. Uh, and a final announcement here, Jake. Our friend Jake uh, got engaged in the last, uh, how long ago was it now? <laughs> it was the end of August. End of August. Jake got engaged. We're very excited for the, the wedding of the Levins. Um, Congratulations, Jake. Uh, make it official here. It's online now. Yeah, I wanted to get it done before hockey season. You know, I get too busy, and uh, yeah, it would have been fair. So you know, right. got it done well before hockey season right. started. Right, right, right. All right, so congratulations on that, and we'll see you around the rinks. Um, thank you for listening to my Hockey Live podcast. Make sure you to like and subscribe this on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, uh, and we'll talk to you soon.